Hey guys, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Welcome back for another episode of the podcast. Today on the Zoom, I have two incredible gentlemen from the South. Uh, I have Shane Bentley and Webster Marshall. Uh, let's do some intros, fellas. Uh, Shane Bentley, Assistant Chief in the Cornelia Fire Department in Georgia, and uh, probably equally known for being the founder of the Bearers of the Oath. Shane, thanks for joining us, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, good morning, Jeremy. Thank you, man. Thank you for having us. It, uh, it means a lot for you to spend today with us and allow us to share our story. Thank you. I love it, man. Absolutely. And then the other gentleman joining us today, uh, Webb. Webster Marshall, a lieutenant out of Gwinnett County, Georgia, and also a member of the Bearers of the Oath uh, training cadre and, uh, and, and believer of everything good in the fire service. Webb, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I always talk about it, and I, I just want to take a half a second to, to remind everybody about how important it is to reach out and talk to others that are somewhere else in the job. Uh, we would have never have crossed paths. Uh, Shane and I kind of touched base a while back. And, um, you know, I enjoyed, Shane, I've, I've listened to some of your content with the Bearers and uh, some of the podcasts you've been on. And you guys even have your own podcast that you've done a couple episodes on and so on. And uh, it's just exciting to be able to develop this network of uh, brotherhood, if you will, that allows us to share stories. And uh, the commonality and love for the fire service is really what we all share. And then it's just our own upbringing and influences that have brought us to today. So, fellas, thanks for being here. Let's hop right into it. Uh, Shane, let's start with you, man. Let's talk a little bit about the backstory of Shane Bentley. All right. Well, so I've been in the fire service going on. February will be um, 19 years. Uh, started out as a volunteer here in Northeast Georgia. Um, three years after I started volunteering, I went to, uh, went to a paid department. I spent several years there before uh, moving up here to where I'm at now in Cornelia, Georgia. Right. So um, it's been a uh, it's been a uh, fun ride, man. It's been the best. Again, a lot of people say it, and a lot of people don't know, you know, truly what it means. But this is the best job in the world through the highs and lows, and it's I wouldn't I wouldn't take nothing for it. So um, the fire service means. You know, it's, it's uh, my wife asked me a lot of time, which, which, what means more the fire service or the family? And I'll be honest with you. It's, uh, I've, I've selfishly, uh, I've, I've taken and chose the fire service. Um, and I'm not bragging or prideful about it, but I have chosen the fire service and put my family at bay, uh, more than once. And which has led us to where we're at today with the bears of the oath. Uh, it was one of those things that I didn't intend for it to turn out the way it did the way it has. I'm very thankful. Uh, I feel like thank you is never enough. There's so many talented and great people involved. This made it what it is so far. Sure. And it continues to grow. We continue to make new friendships and relationships. Um, so it fire service 24 seven for me. Um, and learning, learning how to equally balance and allow the fire service not to take over my family life because it has before. And the only way I figured out how to do that was to include my family. So yeah. um, like we was talking earlier, like Webby was talking earlier. It's, so part of the, uh, part of that manipulation factor was to take and start manipulating people to bring their families with them. Instructors, students, um, we're taking, I know I took growing up playing sports and 
racing motocross. My, my, my parents were always there to support me. And I said, man, why can't we do this with the fire service? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do the same thing? You know, invite their families out because then spouses actually see the hard work that these men and women put in to make their service better and to be, be a better firefighter. And then they, they, they gain a newfound respect for them. And it's not just gone for three or four days out having a big time and on vacation, but we try to, you know, and that aspect of it with family is growing every time. And that's, that honestly is probably the biggest reward for me is to see Webb's son out there riding his dirt bike, battery powered <laughs> dirt bike in the afternoon this week. So, I mean, it was, but that really is, that's, that's, that is the main, if we can prevent one more divorce or one more disheartening relationship, then we're winning. And so I, that's- I, I really enjoy that because I, you know, that's a great conversation that I really haven't had before is the involvement, right? I mean, I literally just had a conversation with my wife the other day and thanked her for understanding that at times I take for granted how important she is and, and how she's always there unconditionally for me to be able to do what I do. And, you know, when you have a, 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 a son or daughter that plays hockey or football or lacrosse or Boy Scouts or whatever they're into, usually the family becomes into that too because it's supporting your kids, right? And so why don't we do that with the fire service. I mean, the fire service is really a lifestyle. It's not a career or volunteer. It's a lifestyle. You chose this calling, if you will, this job that really takes over the majority of our life. I mean, what, what other job do you run and, and, and look out the window when you hear the fire engine coming by? You don't do that when you're a mailman. You don't look at other mail trucks flying by you and things like that, right? So the fire service is really a lifestyle. Web. Tell me about what this has done for you. I mean, your upbringing in the fire service, you obviously are an instrumental part of the Bearers of the Oath and believe in that calling as well that Shane hits on. How important is that? And what were the influences for you? So let me let me take you back to where it came from for me, right? Yeah. So, um, and uh, Shane, Shane has these stories about Webb Sr. My dad, uh, um, mm. my, my dad's also name is Webb. Um, but the, uh, and, and, and Shane will probably work in some of my dad's one-liners, but that's cool. Um, but you know, my influence comes from him. He's, um, he's a very driven individual and he is a very thoughtful person and he, through his good graces and his drive, I've taken away a little bit, right? A little bit, but, um, he's a, he's a, he, he, he was a fireman before I was born. He's still a fireman. Um, and he still helps out where he can, anytime he can coaches baseball you know he's 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 connected he's that he's that thing that i told you earlier jeremy about you know this is a people business and um he uh dad got me involved he didn't push me i was interested got in at 18 volunteered you know i've moved all the way up volunteer part-time um quit baseball (laughs) in college uh to get a real job you know the real job uh paid for college through with the fire department um, got out, eventually uh, ended up at a full-time, still volunteered, got up here to where I'm at now, Northeast Georgia, working for Gwinnett County, um, been there about 10 years, and then um, have met a lot of cool people. All of those roads led me up to where I'm at now. You know, um, the people that my dad knew as, as when I was growing up, you know, he's, ha- he's had this knack of meeting people. Um, you know, he, he you know, be, it's, it's kind of funny when you go, when you go to these, these conferences and you, and you, and you start meeting folks, you know, there's and invariably somebody there has some sort of celebrity status. Right. Um, and, uh, 
you know, d- depending on what level part of a country or if it's, you know, now, nowadays the social media and everything sure. helps sort of connect people. But, um, you know, it's through those conversations, and those people, you find a drive, you know, you, you find things that interest you every, you know, not one person is going to have the message for everything. And, um, the cool thing about connecting all of my, all the background that sort of got me here and my family to this is, you know, meeting Shane years ago. And then all of a sudden through us continuing to stay together, being up here in the area where this happens, bears of the oath starts to become a thing. And, and it's, and it's pretty awesome. Um, have I done the same thing Shane has? Have, have I, have, have I, have I put fire department before family before? Oh yeah. I don't think a fire, I don't think a firefighter anywhere can, can say they didn't, you know? Um, but you know, coaching my kids baseball team fire department is going to get in trouble get get in the way of that um we're you know working with this conference spending spending four days away from home um but near home and you know the cool thing is the kids and the wife and get to come up and visit and hang out eat dinner well it's the involvement right because if you involve them then you're allowed and you're at peace and at ease to be able to enjoy your time and better yourself right because shane at the end of the day that's what these conferences are for no i mean you know, Bears of the Oath is built on a foundation of bettering yourself, right? And we're going to get into all that. And and so I guess my point is, right, you had said before, before we went on air here, you said to me, I'm still coming off the high. I mean, you guys just got done with a, co- a week-long conference, and you're still coming off the high of that. Talk about that high and how important it is to be able to have that and feel that. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, such, a, it's such an encouraging that man i i cannot begin to tell everybody how thankful i am for them i try the text messages the emails the phone calls the uh messages on facebook all the pictures all the kind words that all of the students have posted man i i'm not even gonna try to bullshit you it is straight up most humbling feeling in the world yeah but to be able to share that with the people so the key factor for me with this and why it's why I stay on this driven high with this is because everybody that I get to do this with Webby, I mean, there's, there's a list. I mean, it's a big tight knit group of guys and we work so well together and every one of those guys I've, I've always looked up to and I've wanted to be like, I have no problem saying that I wanted to be like those guys. And for them to take and make this happen, man, it's just I, it, it, that's, it's a feeling that never goes away. When I actually get to sit down and start soaking it up, man, it's, it's just overwhelmingly humbling, the greatest feeling in the world, and to hit my wife to be a part of it and to hear the conversations that's been, because we had ended Friday night, but we've been back and we spent Saturday and Sunday down there cleaning up, loading up, getting things back home, that's what I've been doing today is unloading trailers and washing and cleaning everything and inventory and everything and fixing, getting ready to fix everything that was tore up and destroyed. And I'm okay with that because that has to happen for the level of training to come out of it. But is the, there's an, the other side of it is the students, man, those guys, our goal is to create such an environment and culture that they want to come back. And when they come back, they bring somebody else. And it's, and, and this is the thing people don't realize this. And I know they assume because they are costs that come with it for students to take and um, sign up for these classes. But there's, I'm going to tell you the two things that happen with the money. It goes to taking care of all the instructors and their families that come in town 
as far as lodging and putting them up. And it goes to giving, we don't profit nothing from this. Every instructor that was there this week was there on their own time. Right. Not the first instructor was paid. And for them to do that and to give back to the students is, is that, that alone. And then whatever money's left, we give away. We give it to causes that matter. And well, it, it speaks to it speaks to the authenticity of what you're putting out, right? When when you have when you have a lineup of top shelf instructors that are willing to come into town and to um, give their time to better others, right? I mean, that just that's a testament to what this is all about. Webb, how humbling is that, man? To work with some of these incredible instructors and to know that they're doing their very best on their own time and free will to better the job? Dude, it's growth. You know, we're in it to make these students better. But I guarantee you, you ask any of the instructors, anybody anybody involved at whatever level, it doesn't matter. Anybody, whatever level it is, just growth, right? Did we have conversations and did we have fellowship either at, a, at, a, at, either at the training event itself or after hours, you know? Were, were we talking about things we were doing at home? Were we talking about families? Were, were, we, were we learning things about the job? Were we th- learning things that can save somebody's life? All of those answers are yes. And, it, and it's, it, it's, it's rejuvenating. You know, Shane and I talked about this when we were getting ready for this. You know, th- this makes us feel this way because we see a microcosm of all the great things that could be everywhere in the fire service. Yep. We just have to have a little catalyst. Our catalyst, I told you, is the vehicle. The vehicle is the training. We're having all this great things happen because people are coming together under the umbrella of this, of this really awesome forward-thinking training. Is it, is it, is it anything, you know, you know, as where we, we teach an astrophysics to firefighters? No, we're doing simple job-based stuff, but at the level. That we, we, that we help them think about the job, that we help them think about the people next to them, and we help them have conversations through opportunities and situations created with all these different people coming in. How many states do we, 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 have, we, we have? We probably had 10, 10 or 11 states in the union represented at one conference in a small conference in Northeast Georgia. These people aren't coming together just from, from happenstance. They're coming together because there's cool stuff for everybody. There, there, there is quality and there's return on investment for the students coming in for classes. There's return when, when, when we make new friends and acquaintances across the country. We've got a text message change going on already. And the guys are going back and forth. We were ribbing each other yesterday about T-shirts. But at the same time, we're going to have the, we're going to continue to have these conversations. Well, I All think, go ahead, is amazing. Gosh. I think, a, I think a big part of it too, that in one thing that you guys are missing, and I, I as an outsider looking in, I, I'd be happy to share it with you. It has everything to do also with the mission of what the bearers of the oath stand for. And I'd be remiss if we didn't hop into this conversation right now because it's a fantastic transition. We're talking about the most recent conference you guys did uh, just a week or so back and, and coming off that high. And I can feel the passion from both of you. But we have to go to the creation of what even bearers of the oath is because I know not everybody knows, but I also know that it's a hell of a subculture within the American Fire Service now more than ever that is important because you guys have recognized, uh, Shane, I believe you were the founder, right? You guys recognize that there's more there. So we need to start talking about accountability, right? We need to start talking about 
the importance of doing do your damn job, right? So, you know, Shane, maybe you could talk about the the beginning of the Bears and how this all came to be. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, it's very personal. Um, it was so all of the the code of honor that everybody wears on their back. It was done um, for a very selfish reason. When the original, so those twenty three line items that's on the back of that shirt or wherever it's posted, those are not the exact original 23 line items. The original 23 line items are, I changed the, I changed it from the original to what you see in front of you. Right. Cause it was, I made it relative to the fire service, save lives, protect property, save my marriage, protect my family. Uh, I done a terrible job at doing that. Being a father, being a husband for many years um, due to my passion for the fire service. And, you know, I always had that expectation of, I couldn't understand why my wife was always very proud, but I, what, what, what I was doing in the fire service to become better, I thought that that was enough and it wasn't. And it wasn't that she didn't, she was, she didn't care as much about the fire service as I did is I didn't, I wouldn't put my family first like I should have. And therefore she does, she did. And it was simply, it was simply a, a pen and a pad. And I sat down and I had to start, uh, writing down my personal failures and when I started doing that it took a it took a it took a, a very humbling few weeks to do and when I wrote it down it, it I, had to, I had to face myself and look at it and so when I created it to what it is to go on the back of a shirt selfishly I knew people would wear it I knew people would buy it I knew they would and but and I say that selfishly but to do that I knew people would wear it and so every time I see it, it is the most grateful, humbling feeling. And then there's some days when I see it, I need, it's that punch in the face, right in the chest that I need. That is why I've done it. And you can't take and put something like that out there and say it and not live it. Yeah. Be a hypocrite. And that's where the accountability came from. So it's just like Chief Rhodes plays a video that one lone dancer, sooner or later, somebody's going to follow you. Well, that first follower is the, is the is the outcome of what actually happens and so by doing so i didn't uh, jeremy I, uh, i'd be lying to you if i told you i thought it would turn into what it has sure um, but as it's, as it grows and gets bigger and like i said there was i went back last night and i was thinking on the way home when he's coming home from jackson county i said how many students different students have since the very first one in october of 20 have showed up at either Bears of the Oath, one, two, three. What's your plan? The, all the other uh, day classes, small classes we've done, whether it's forcible entry or can classes, and going to Oklahoma, um, going to Florida, going wherever we've had the opportunity to go to. And so I went and I started adding, taking, going back and pulling all these rosters up. And there's 516 different students that have came to all of those. Now, there's also 87 that has been to every class we've done. And I didn't realize that number was that great. That's awesome. And so that right there, that accountability level of that right there, because when you got people that believe you and trust you, you know, we're human. Uh, I mean, Shane, start at, start at step one. The fact that you recognized, right, you looked at yourself. I mean, you, you did you, you talk about self-awareness. I mean, you, you looked at your, your life, your family life, your firehouse life, and you saw that you could be doing better. Right. And, and you were willing 
to put yourself out there to hold yourself accountable. And when you come up and I want to go, I'm going to read through the code of honor in a minute, but there's 23 bullets, if you will, on the code of honor. And the fact that you have them published and they're out there and that you hold yourself accountable to that every day. So many people live fake lives. So many people say one thing and do another, and it's hard to hold yourself accountable at every step of the way. And we will fall. And there will be times out of these 23 things that we don't make good on one or two of them. And we need to pick ourselves back up and remind ourselves of it. But at the end of the day, I think why your numbers are what they are for your conferences within the last year and a half, two years, it's very simply, it's because of the commonality and the belief of bettering ourselves. And, and for you to put that out there is just incredible. Yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It is. Um, and, and then you know, we was talking earlier about the logistics of that go into making these successful. They are tough. And Webby came to me after March of this year, the, the third, the second conference and, and man, he, he just, we, we was down there at the training center. I, I don't even remember why we was both down there, but he came up and said, look, the next one I'm helping. I'm going to help you take care of all the logistics side of it. And what he done this time, I, 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 several times I watched his dad coming out in him to hear him talk. What he said a few minutes ago, it was like a deja vu of 2009 at the Georgia fire Academy when his dad was our lead instructor and structural fire control, structural fire control instructor. And to watch Webby's impact of what he does, man, it's, it's sitting there watching. Um, it's like deja vu watching his dad all over again. I, I got a lot of friends, a lot of people I look up to, but he was one of the first people that I realized was mentoring me and the, to have the utmost respect for him and always treating me kind, set me straight when I needed to be set straight, was there for advice, was the first one when things weren't going well for me in life to call me and check on me. First one to put boot in ass. I mean, that man is so instrumental in all of sure. what's happening. Sure. And so, <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, it's, uh, it is tough putting all this stuff together. It's, but we enjoy doing it, even though there's a lot of work. But I'll be honest with you. I, it, that, that question was asked so many times. And me and Basil Abraham, we, we were talking about it last year. He said, man, how does it happen? I said, I'm going to tell you how it happens. I said, I got a lot of really awesome, good friends that are taking I call and they I call and they come and they make Takes it Takes the village, my man. Takes it the does. village. Webb, how is it for you to sit here and hear that? I mean, you know. You spoke about your father earlier and how instrumental he was in, in developing you into the individual you've become. But to hear a good friend like Shane talk about your father as well, and then to understand that you also subscribe to these 23 bullet points on the code of honor. I mean, it sounds like that's what your whole upbringing and, and family life has been about. Yeah, it's, um, I'm not perfect. I try to do the right thing for my family, but of course. these things right here, it's something else to hold you accountable. Um, my dad sends out these uh, little little text qu uh, quips every now and then. And, and there's a whole group. There's probably 30 people on that. But all it is is to hold you accountable. Hold yourself accountable. And it's and I, 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 can't, I can't help but choke up a little bit when, yeah. when I talk about my dad like that. Because um, my dad's badass, man. Like he's a, he's a, he's a dude among dudes. And, um, and, he, and he's... And he's got it together. He's been a student of the game. He's been a student of the game as long as he's been in the game. And, um, you know, even, even the, the, the lessons I've learned, I never knew my grandfather, but the lessons I've learned through my dad from my grandfather, 
all the way, all the way into this. I mean, yeah, I, I, I told you all roads lead to this man. And it's, um, and, it, and Jeremy, it's, you know, to, for Shane to tell me these things on such a regular basis and Shane, 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 I don't know if he was holding back or just didn't say it, but my dad's got this one little two line, little two word thing. And, and Shane, Shane swears we're going to make a t-shirt one day and, and put, and put Webb senior on it. But uh, we, we, and we might, we might, but you know, dad, dad, dad always says it's simple. He says, don't suck. And, um, and he said, he said, if you, if you can't, if you're not trying to pass something on to somebody else, you're backing up, don't back up. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a simple thing the, the, the premise of what we're doing is to try to make, to try to give someone something that you have that they haven't figured out or don't have yet. And if any of it ever happens and there's one positive thing that comes out of whatever situation we're in, especially this, especially this, you know, don't complain about your job. Be prideful about, about, about what we do. You can be, it's okay. But all this stuff that comes out of this conference, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting because it's how we can look at the fire service with rose colored glasses on. If we all follow these things all the time and when they work out, Holy crap. When they work out, it's awesome. You know, you, you see some of the most amazing things happen with the smallest of situations at these conferences and to see these guys get so fired up there, there was, so for my fire department, there was three dudes that, am I, they, that just went out into the field, right? Brand new probationary firefighters. I've been to their station, might be at their station a couple of weeks, pay their own way from Gwinnett County, pay their own way short, short term to come to our classes because other guys said they're going to get a lot out of it. And when I got done, when, when, when I got done doing uh, my, my job for Shane one afternoon, running, running ops and logistics stuff uh, for the second day of, of classes, I think it was a group of those kids came over and they're, and they're 20 years old. These, these are young dudes. They come over and they say, man, this stuff's awesome. I said, you need to show up more often. I said, keep coming back because you know what? The awesomeness never stops and the people care. And if you know what, and if the people care, there's always going to be something cool to happen. And, and, and I, I said, you know what, this is not over until you pass this on to somebody else that couldn't come today. They're on work, they're at work, whatever. You know what, go talk to your wife, go talk to your girlfriend, go talk to your kids. There's something to take away. There's something to take away, always is. And you know what, that kind of thing, that kind of thing fires me up. I'll be fired up about it for a month. But you know what, that's why we're going to keep coming back. That's why, that's why we'll follow Shane anywhere we go. Um, it started off, it started off as a small thing. And you know what? We have grown this because the community is like-minded and wants the same success. 100%. They, their, their, drive, their drive is, is for the same betterment and the, and the same positivity in the job and their families. I will, I will ask this, right? I mean, I can hear the passion in your voice, so I know how important this is to you and Shane as well to you. But a lot of this stems from personal self-awareness, right? It's all self-awareness. Because this would have never have happened. I mean, what Shane, let's put it in perspective for a minute. You you developed the Bears of the Oath and the Code of Honor because you wanted to hold yourself accountable. Then you'd build a community with guys like Webby and, and a couple other guys that, you know, embrace what you believe in. And now you're throwing conferences, which all of this consumes you. So where you started the Code of Honor to where you are today you've only gotten busier and bigger and it's, it's not stopping anytime soon. So self-awareness is huge. Right. And that's why this all came about. So 
you know, for yourself, when do you become aware of the importance that you guys are feeling? I mean, you self-awareness also is to understand that you guys, you know, to, to really grasp onto the fact that, you know, you're making an impact, you know, what, what Webb just talked about with these kids that paid their way to go and they leave there in that conference. How important is it for you, for these people to take what they've learned, take it back and grow it? Um, man, I'll be honest with you. It's, uh, so when I had this sitting there on my desk for a while and again, there's so many people that are influential to it. I, I started this uh, about three years ago. I started kind of like saying, hey, hey, man, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, you know, and everybody had, you know, man, that's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, and I would tell them why. And <clears throat> it really, uh, we left Pensacola in uh, September of 20 after Water on the Fire. And one of the guys that, um, I was with um he was the first one I went to um when I decided to take and let's take that step and let's make it what it let's try to make it what it has become um so we had the first one and seeing how easily successful it was and I was like man there, this is exactly what I was wondering there's people out there that want this that need this that want part of this culture and if this is this easy to do and we treat them the way we treat them. Look, we're no different than anybody else. There's, there's plenty of guys out there that's got training companies that are just as passionate as we are. And I've had the opportunity to train with several of them over the, and go and help and not taking nothing from anybody. But I knew that to make it successful, we had to create a culture and treat people the way they want to be treated. Honestly, Jeremy, what makes it what, what it is and where it's at right now is how we treat each other. That's it. And it's okay to care about each other. And so that was literally, that was the goal was to take and prevent guys from leaving or prevent guys from not engaging in training because they were, didn't have the courage or they were scared or they were afraid they were going to get browbeat because they didn't know how to do something. Most, a, lot, a lot of guys won't stand up and say, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Will you please show me again? And so with that, I took and went to, uh, one, to the first person I went to was Lee Humphreys. I, I've known, I've known Lee for a long time and I got to watching him over the last few years and seeing how passionate he was and how he wanted to learn and what he wanted to be, a, you know, he wanted to be a part of something and, and what he's grown into today versus where he was is, I mean, that's the reward. And to be able to see students and friends continue to come back, we learn just as much from them as sure. they learn from us. And, um, but it, that's what it was, man. I just, I, I started, I kind of gambled, I thought, at first. I was like, man, here we go. We're going to put this out there. And then we put that first one together in a month's time after leaving Pensacola. Um, Chief Ike down there at Water on Fire to we came the ride home. They said, let's do it. And this was still in the height of the first wave of COVID. And we didn't know that it would be as successful as it was, but it was. And a lot of that is due to that first conference. There was 18, 18 students there from Gwinnett County where Webby works. So um, to see those guys, to see people that invest out of their own pocket continuously, some departments do pay for it. Most, ha most pay out of their pocket sure. because they don't want to miss it. And so to be able to take and do that. And of course that gives me, it gives me the fortitude to want to continue all the stuff I learned to start writing on paper. And 
it, it, it give me the courage to take and start like the arrogance statement. So these people that don't agree with that, they think they, they all they see is that one word arrogance. But so what, I, let me so let me read. I have the arrogance statement right here. Bearers of the oath. Our arrogance is fueled by a passion, a passion for our craft and expectation from our customers to be ready to answer every call. It is our diligence to be more prepared and mighty than the reason they had called for our help. If you do not understand this sense of arrogance, we as bearers of the oath will not alienate you. We will simply extend our hand to you and ask you to evaluate yourself and your commitment to the fire service. Therefore, determining if you are that patriot or just another able being that does not belong to such a fraternity of firemanship. Yeah, and so a lot of that came from Webb Senior. He he tells the uh, I've I've heard it told several different ways over the years, but I've heard him tell it so many so many times that ninety that ninety nine and nine rule that ninety percent that nine percent then that one percent, and that's that that was really the basis of where that came from, and to be able to take and that was just man that was just one day, I just sat down and wrote that and um, you know and so but man it's to be able to take and share it with your friends, the guy, remember the guy, this is what, this is where it's so important for me is the guys, the group, the, 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 the group that makes it what it is. They're not just from Georgia. There's a lot of guys that come from out of state, but the group of guys that I've grown up in the fire service in Georgia want to be, be like, and I say that with, with heavy heart and perseverance, I want, I want it to be like those guys. And my, my thing was, was, how do you, you know, getting one or two or three people to agree on the same thing is sometimes a, a, a task it can be a sometimes, but when, you know, they taught us in uh, basic, when we went to some of the terminology was span of control, you know, trying one person trying to manage three to seven, five effectively, you know, and now we got 25 or better guys that's on the same page and agree, man, it's, uh, and then, then you sit back and you watch them work and do, and, that is, that was, that is the goal for me is to make sure that all of these guys got everything they need to share sure. their passion and a platform to do it on. And every one of them brings something to it and make it. And man, when you see all of these guys, when you see all these guys work, it's, it's not even magical. It's what it's supposed to be about. And, and, and it does exist. Um, brotherhood is a term that I feel like gets abused um, heavily. Um, and that, to the new guy, the, the young guy that Webb was talking about that shows up um, to come come spend the week with us, you know, for him to continue to come and bring somebody new with him, that means he's going back and talking about it. That's right. So they are the workhorses. It's the students that are the workhorses. And there's certain students that we watch and we continue to watch, like a young man is captain at Fayette County in, in South Atlanta, Ryan Sanders. He's been to every class we've done in the last two years and he, the, the kid is very talented. And I just, you know, it's like I, I told him this week, I said, hey man, you know, we appreciate you and we want you to come join us and help us do this because this is the thing. If we continue trying to do it with just ourselves and we don't allow these young guys to come in and buy in, we're robbing them and we're robbing the fire service. So <clears throat> the initiation of it, man, was simple. It's even putting it together logistically. Yes, it's work, but you know what? It's really easy when you got a group of people that one, trust you and two, they live and breathe the same mission that you have and the same, and, and to watch it happen, it happens. So it, it really, 
it happens so easily. Well, and because you created, a, you said it before, you created a culture, and that culture, that culture has everything to do with being authentic and clear, and your mission is true. And people, you know, you there's some key words here: buy-in, right? Culture. You know, Webby, talk to me about the buy-in. I mean, you you bought in. You just said you'd follow Shane anywhere, right? That that's well, buy-in, dude. It, it's it, and it it doesn't take much, but the buy-in is because of the people. I mean, it, it, it all comes back, it, you know, um, a lot of us from Georgia and then, and then some of the guys from out of the state um, have gone to other classes. And, and, and one that one that weighs heavily on my heart is, um, and I, it's not necessarily a class, it's a gathering, uh, axioms of leadership. And it's, 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 this, it's this thing that creates your own self-awareness. It's a look, it's a hard look at the hard decisions that you need to make to be a better person. And we all strive for that mindset. Do we succeed it? Not all the time. We're humans, but, and we're firemen. So <laughs> make, make, make those two things meet in the middle sometimes. Yeah, right. Well, um, you know, I, the buy-in from all these folks, they see the passion. They, they experience the passion. They see that our guys that are helping teach care, they see that the other people coming from the classes care. And you know what? He, Shane, Shane touched on something that's really unique for this to me, to me, right? Um, is that no matter what your level, you can be the, a, a brand new dude coming in or you can be a guy that's been here for 20 years. We're going to put you in a class and we'll turn and pivot if the class doesn't meet the needs of the students. Every, any, any good instructor would, but our guys are able to achieve this in such a manner that it shows their devotion to the craft, their devotion to the people trying to better their craft. And then all the little things that they live as their values and morals, personal values and morals, which mirror what we're doing here with bearers. That's the, that creates the buy-in that gets all these people fired up. You know, you, enthusiasm is contagious. You just have to have it and show it. You know, all of these things, if, if, if you go out there and you are sharp all the time, people are going to say, man, he's sharp. You're going to get some naysayers, but you know what? Eventually naysayers are like, that is pretty cool. And that's what we get with this. If you take 30 dudes who have a like mindset, they're cats in the room, in a room full of cats, right? You know, the whole week we're like, oh man, we're hurting cats again, you know, pivot and move. But if everybody's got the like mindset, the herd mentality is in the right in the right space. We're winning. Yeah. We're winning. We're winning with every conversation we have. And you know what? We're learning. We're helping the students learn, but we're learning from the students. Chief Rhodes said it. See, Chief Rhodes said it in the keynote address: if you can't learn from a student and immediately empower your instructors to change on the fly and better your course because of it, what are you doing? Well, yeah, you're certainly not there for the right reasons, right? No, but you know, but that creates the buy-in. That's Correct. all these little pieces. 100%. And why, why, why do people follow follow what Shane's come up with, follow what we're doing? That That's the reason. That's that's the reasons. There's a lot of things that make this what it is. And it's it's the chain of events that make everything happen. You know, you call somebody and say, hey, man, I'm in, a, I'm in a pinch. I need you to bring a trailer from Texas with all of your cool stuff. And he'd be like, all right, cool. We'll be there in 26 hours. Without, without question. There's no right. question. Right. 
That's do it. you think? Do you guys think? You know, because what what you've been able to do with your community and what you've built based on the twenty three bullets of the code of honor, and then taking that forward and and trying to emulate and live your life against that in the firehouse and in your personal life and all that. Do you find though that a lot of people that come to you guys were lost? They they come from a department or a history or a company that didn't offer them a lot of what you guys talk about and they come to find you and they almost feel relieved to know that they found what they were looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I would say so too. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's multiple success stories. I call it success stories. I don't know if that's, uh, but yes, that's, uh, that, that is absolutely, we hear it every time. And, and we, and you know what, and it's relative, and as I've learned, being able to be privileged enough to go to so many different states and so many different conferences and so many, it don't matter where it's at, it's the fire service. It, we, and we're our own worst enemy. And while we continue to do that to ourselves, I have no idea, but we do. And, but to hear them come back and tell us how it's made a difference in the fire department and what they're doing. And yeah, the training is huge. That's because that's what we have to do to become better at this job. But to hear them go back and create the the culture that uh, that that we simply that and it's really not a culture, man. It's really it's really doing the ethical and moral and doing the right thing and taking care of each other and care about each other. That's that's and, and, and Webby's right. Chief Rose said it, man. It don't matter what what cadre or what program it is. It, it's a gimmick. It's about, it's a gimmick and it's about making people better and giving them the courage to be, to feel, to stand up and, and stand tall and feel this way and speak out and say, Hey man, it's okay to care doing, about each other. Doing the right thing is always the right thing, but it's usually the hardest thing. That's and, correct. You know, well, and I was going to ask you, you got to make the hard, right decisions sometimes. And, and, you know, you, you, you got to be in this thing and, and, you know, it, it, to have a culture, you just have to have, you have to have somebody who believes in something and somebody who'll listen. Yeah, and is but, that culture two people or is it two million? Right. What's your and, circle of influence? We we're, we're always trying to expand our circle of influence so these guys can take something cool back. Is that is is that going to save their marriage? Shane's got a great one for that. You know, is 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 our interaction is is anybody's interaction with this with this program going to make a difference in somebody's life? We're in the people business. Whether we're in the people business for our families or we're in the people business for the fire service. We're in the people business. Bearers of the oath is the people business, the microcosm of what we want the people business to be. Do we always succeed? No, we don't. But we're always willing to see it. Man, I really screwed that up, dude. I'm really sorry. Let's fix it. How about you come help me? Whether you're talking to a student or whether you're talking to an instructor, right. we're on the level, man. We're on the level because these guys, everybody that's involved in this, I say these guys, but like everybody's involved with this whether they're at the student level, whether they're following on the social media, whatever it is, they are all looking for something. Are they in a good spot with their department or their company? Maybe, maybe not. Are they, are, are, is the hope that when they leave or when they get done reading or when they see the next post or when they spend a couple days with us, that they're rejuvenated to a point that they can have those cool conversations with somebody else and then start that for themselves? That's the freaking point. Yeah. That's what we want. Listen, I know, man. I know when I go to these conferences or I host an event, I get so juiced up, man, that that shit's just flowing, right? Yeah. And I think for you guys, like, 
I have to think about a kid or even a seasoned fireman that finds you guys and says, this is what I've been missing. I don't have this at home. And then to fire him up and juice him up that when he finds you guys, subscribes to that belief and says, I finally found what I've been looking for because people are looking and searching all the time for something more because the only thing you know is what's in front of you. So you got to get out there and go look. You got to go find what fits and suits your needs, right? And too many people get disgruntled and pissed off with this job because they haven't been able to find what they need. And so for you guys to be able to offer this network, this community, this sense of ownership and self-awareness, you bring that new kid in or that senior guy and he goes through a weekend with you guys, he gets to go home. Guess what he gets to do? He gets to go share this now. Yeah, you tell know? him about it. Tell him all about it. Tell him all, tell him all about it. I love it. Hey, spread the good news. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this. The code of honor. I'm going to read through it real quick. We'll buzz through it. I don't want to hit on every single aspect of it, but I think it's important because I'll get to it. Hang on. Ready? So let's read through it. Uh, Save lives, protect property, be nice to our customers, be nice to each other. Search every job, search every time. Train till you do not get it wrong. Train because your family deserves it. Train because your company would want you rescuing their family. Train because it's your job. Job equals work. Work builds character. Do not make your company look bad. Leave it better than you found it. Help each other. Be right, not wrong. Respect your crew. Respect your company. Respect every job as if it was a personal loss. Be loyal. Show empathy. Be vulnerable. Do not show your vulnerability to everyone. Honor your oath you signed up for. Good enough is never enough. Do not bitch. Do not walk past the problem you can't fix. Do not become part of the problem. Simply fix the problem. Become the standard, not the minimum standard. And lastly, screw what they think and do your job. <laughs> super simple, super straightforward. But I will tell you, there's a lot of uncomfortable words in there that most of the American Fire Service does not like. Vulnerable, empathy, loyal. Everybody talks about loyalty, how loyal are people, right? The minimum standard. There's a lot of things in here that I, I couldn't agree with you more. I want to talk about the word vulnerability because it pops up at least twice, if not three times in there. Starting bearers of the oath, Shane, you made yourself vulnerable. You yeah. did, you uh, know, you, your self-reflection led to the drive and desire to be better as a person, as a firefighter, as a husband, as a father, right? So talk about vulnerability. How important is that to allow yourself to be vulnerable so that you can get to the next place? excuse me so Webb he touched on it a few minutes ago yep. um we we and when I say we several of us but myself and Webb um we've had the absolute privilege to be a to go through a program called axioms of leadership um and one of the biggest things that I learned about myself because you will absolutely leave there questioning and learning and about yourself was how vulnerable am I? And I had to learn and really understand what that meant. And I realized my vulnerability that I was dedicating to the fire service, I was robbing my family from. And you assume just because of what you do, everybody thinks you're, it's great what you do and what you're a part of. But I also had to learn too, for this, for this to be, for me to stand up and say, Hey man, this is what I believe. 
I had to take and allow myself to be vulnerable and put it out there so people would understand. And not everybody agrees with it. And, and that was part of the vulnerability side of it. For years, it used to piss me off. And it still does, but how I, how I choose to, to channel it now, if the fire service didn't remotely mean as much to you as it did me, I had that simple attitude, you don't belong, get the hell out. Well, you know why? You know why I said that? It's because somebody else, somebody else said that. Yeah. And, and just because they had a statue where they were looked, looked upon doesn't mean that that was right. And so I wanted to take and trust myself to be as vulnerable as I could and stand on my own two feet and put out there what I truly felt that was not encouraged by anybody else but myself based upon, upon my failures to my family and to the fire service. And that's where that came from. And, and it was, you have to be vulnerable. Um, sometimes you're going to take and you're going to allow other people to be a part of it and they, they might take advantage of it. And you know what, that sucks at times, but the learning lesson that you come from, right. you walk away with that is what makes it better. Yep. And, and not to be able, and, and of course, when you're hurt or you're, you think they they damage you, man, it's, it, I hate the word jealousy. And, and because this is what I don't understand is there's nothing about this to be jealous about. Everybody is welcome there. We never use the word. No, everybody's welcome. And we ask, all we ask is that if you want to be a part of it, you put forth as much effort as you can to honor what it is we stand for. And that vulnerability side of that right there, man, you, the learn the life lessons that you learn. I, I, I truly believe <clears throat> my reward is, is doing for others and helping others and watching others succeed. I love that. That is, I don't need anything other, but to see somebody do something more than what they could have done or what they thought they could have done. But you start off every morning, right? You start off, if you start off doing something and accomplishing it first thing in the morning, you start the day off right. So I learned that from make your bed. And, but when you go in there and when I close the door in the morning, I go in there and I brush my teeth. That five, six, seven minutes that I'm in there, if I can't look at myself in the mirror while I'm brushing my teeth, I need to step back because I'm not doing something. I'm being a hypocrite. And all I ask myself is to try every day and I make a lot of mistakes. We all um, do. And I and I try my best to to own them and stand up and and be honest and fix them as soon as possible. But if you can't look at yourself in the mirror while you're brushing your teeth and say, "Okay, I'm doing good things. I'm helping others. I'm accomplishing what I believe in." And but if you can't look and you look down while you're brushing your teeth, you got to start with yourself. You can't you can't you can't throw off on anybody else's insecurities you got to work on your own and that's that I'll take that for that five six seven minutes every morning I take that time to pat myself on the back and say all right you're doing you're doing you're doing what you set out to do but when I open that door there's no more me it's about everybody else and so out of those few minutes out of the day that's where I look at myself and that's that evaluation point and there's days I look and go man I should have done that different yesterday and so I try to go back and address that and correct it. But it's simply that vulnerability of saying, okay, you sucked. Web senior says don't suck. So do, do it better today and don't suck today. And, you know, the, whether it's vulnerability or you know, it's most people, most people have it in them to do. Most people, majority of people aren't natural born leaders. And 
I got fixated on that for a long time, trying to find those particular people that were leaders and to follow them. Well, that wasn't right either. Not just because it didn't make them bad people. It's just maybe they weren't the ones I need to be followed. Maybe they weren't leading me down the direction I needed to go. So I realized too that there are good people out there that don't know that they're leaders and trying to give people the opportunity to take and encourage them to take and feel comfortable standing up and being vulnerable leads to so much greatness. And yeah. so, I, you know, loyal, vulnerability, empathy, all those words, you got to have them. You got to have them as a human. And it's okay because uh, you, being vulnerable at times, you're going to draw the naysayers too, and they're watching you, and that's okay. But even well, that's when it's. That's what I was going to say, Shane, is, you know, when you open yourself up like this, right? And this is, this is that double-edged sword of, of being vulnerable, right? When you put yourself out there. Um, I remember I, I had heard you say at one point, um, people are afraid to ask questions, right? How and why, right? They're afraid because they don't know. If they don't know and they're afraid to ask the question because they come from a culture of being belittled or treated like, you know, uh, that, their, that their opinion or experience doesn't matter, right? They're in a bad spot and that's not going to further and better the job. And so it's so important to create and foster that culture where people can ask questions. They can be vulnerable. They can let down their guard, but our job does not allow you to let down their guard. And so for what you do and what you offer here with words like empathy and vulnerable, you do open yourself up to a lot of criticism. Right. Yeah. And and the thing is, is being able to take and not be fixated on the criticism but being able to take and understand and invest and try to invest in getting to know why people are criticizing you. Right. And because I, to, to me, I truly believe to know how you must know why you've got to know why it don't matter if it's simply teaching somebody to check an air pack off. They got to know why it's important for that thing, for that air pack to be full at 4,500 PSI because the difference between 4,300 PSI and 4,500 PSI is 26 breaths. That, that, you might need that to live. And it's simply just doing the right thing, but it's also giving people that even if they don't agree with you, man, I've learned that the people, having conversations with people, if they don't agree with what I say or how I feel about things, I want to know why they don't. And that's, and that's where we fail as a fire service. It's where we fail in society is one word, and that's communication. If we spend the time to invest in talking and getting to know people, a lot of times you'll find and realize the reason they feel the way they do is they were impacted or influenced by somebody else. So they think that's how it has to be. Right. But if you sit down and, you, and, you're, and you're honest with them and you listen to them, you listen not to respond, you listen to hear and understand, man, a lot of times you don't realize if you would have turned and walked off and disagreed, that, that, sol- that absolutely solves nothing. And you're going to realize that Hey man, if I wouldn't have spent 30 minutes talking to this fella about this, I wouldn't have understood where he came from or why he feels the way he does. And so, and that's investing, right? Like in, in the, the problem is though, is that takes time. It takes right. time and you have to be willing, whether as a boss, a senior guy, a chief, a, a line officer, or just your common fire for backstep fireman that's willing to give a guy 20 minutes, 30 minutes in a conversation to unfortunately now more than ever, we don't allow time for each other. I mean, I, I even find my time to be shorter than it's ever been at the firehouse just because I'm always always on the go and, 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 and so on. And I find myself and I do catch myself at times saying, I got to give this kid an extra 10 minutes that I, I just, I got to do it. Webb, 
talk to me about that because it's it is uh, to invest into your people, to invest into the code of honor, and to share that becomes a job. It's a mission. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. But I I think what we're talking about here is adversity. Yep. You know, we strive for adversity. If we don't have a difference of opinions, we'll never innovate and educate. So through adversity comes the education. Yeah, through yeah. adversity comes the conversations. I like you know, that. We have to be able to take a conversation. If everybody agrees on everything and everybody's a yes, there'll never be progression to the next good thing. How, how did any invention in, in the history of the world ever happen? Because somebody says, hmm, I don't think so. Yep. That's the same thing here. It's the same premise, different conversations, same premise. But through the adversity conversations, you know, and learning about how people operate, how people think, you know, why are they dissenting against something that we may be doing? Do they not understand? Do they completely disagree? How do we solve this? Call them up, have a conversation, jump over there to the side and say, hey guys, listen, what do we think about this? Please tell me, please be honest, brutally honest. You can progress if you're brutally honest. If you hold back, it's like, nah, man, if, you know, I think back to my dad. A lot of this comes back to my dad. He's got, sure. a, he's, he's got a lot of cool things, but at the end of his, at, at the end of the, uh, the, the critiques and conversations, Everybody's like, man, you know what? I want to thank you guys. We're going to give you a little clap and we're having a great day. Everybody slap hands. We had such a good training event. No, somebody didn't do something right. Otherwise, we would have wasted our time. And you know what? You don't say, man, you guys really suck today. Sometimes you need that kick in the butt. But you could say, hey, guys, think about it personally. What today challenged you to the point where you don't think you were as, as successful as you should have been. Doesn't matter what it is. Is it a practical drill? Was it a conversation with somebody else? Was it an interaction at lunchtime? It doesn't matter what it is. Think deep. We need thinking individuals, thinking firemen, thinking society members. We, well, we got to empower them. Yeah. Yes. Em empower, them to, empower them to stand on their own two feet, have a little bit of backbone and say, I really didn't care for this. And you know what? Why? Well, how about give me a couple reasons. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to be thoughtful enough to take that back and make that better next time or add that to them. Or I'll probably get their email and their phone number and call them later and try to brainstorm the shit out of it. And then guess what next time? Hey, Joe Bob over here gave us some good ideas last time. He said our program kind of sucked a little bit, but guess what? We done added five or six things and we've made it better. You're welcome. Can you help us this time too? Well, it, and so that that type of management style uh, is welcomed, right? I mean, that's, those are the people that people want to work for. Unfortunately, it's not always the case. And, and a lot of times, you know, we have bosses and people in positions, whether it's a training company, whether it's the engine or truck boss or a chief of the department, a lot of times that, you know, with power comes entitlement and they don't need to hear they don't need to listen and so we want to work i mean our bosses are supposed to work for us right and so we work for them they work for us type thing and you know to empower people is to have a workforce a fire department a fire company of people that are empowered to be able to um speak up talk about things that they want to do talk about uh making changes talk about bettering 
the job, but you have to have a manager or leader there to empower those people that that's okay. And then they need to listen and give a true ear to what their concerns are. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if we're not, if we're not in this and truly figure out to truly deduce what's going on, you know, Hey, we're, you know, three times during the, the, the last conference, we had to stop, rally the troops, circle the wagons, fix it, pivot, start over. Right. But you know what? If, was it, was it anything really terrible that we were doing? No. But between Shane and I, were we mad at each other or mad at ourselves because we knew we could give a little bit more edge or a little bit more quality to them? And could I look across the training ground and see a one or two dudes out of 60 people on the training ground that seemed like they weren't getting as much as they probably could have to make the hard decision, hey, we're going to stop. We're right in the middle of a lot of crap. We're going to stop because I want to make this better for those two dudes standing over there that don't seem like they're getting as much as they should. And then when we have the conversations later, some guy walks up to me and he says, you know what? You guys busted your tails for this entire time. And you gave us more quality reps for fixing things. And you didn't allow anybody to fall behind and everybody rallied behind him every time. Everybody, not just one instructor, everybody that walked by says, Hey man, you keep pushing. Hey dude, you guys are doing great. I'll push with you. Well, I mean, you know, ultimately that's what the mission of what you guys are all about. Right. I mean, I want to, you know, we've been talking about the conference the whole time. You guys have put on three conferences. The fourth conference is scheduled for March 15th through 18th, 2022. Yep. Um, I know Shane and I have been talking and national fire radio should be there. Uh, and we'll be there to, uh, to help out and to be a part of the event. Um, and so on, but talk to me about these conferences. I mean, it's a massive undertaking. We've already hit on a couple different things, but you know, you guys are putting these conferences on solely for the purpose of bettering, sharing, talking, educating. I mean, the mission of the conference is what it's all about. It is, um, you know, is so the training that we do is to some it's hard and it, and it, and it's, it, it requires a lot of effort and hard work, but the, the basis of the actual training that we, the classes that we hold are simply in my mind, what any young new firefighter coming into the fire service should be encompassed with and led to as soon as possible. And yes, we have standards that we have to meet and we have different, different objectives that we have to meet. But one, you got to learn, you, you got to learn that you got to learn when you're dealing with multiple people, everybody has a different learning style. Sure. And the only way for to take and get people out of their comfort zone is to make them uncomfortable. But to do that, we also have to have, the, this is where the, this is where the instructors deserve all their credit because they can do that and they can recognize really quick and the type of the type of trainings that we put on the type of classes when it's fixing to go wrong they will stop them right then and there don't matter how hot or how big the fire is they will stop them pull back and say look this is what's going to happen if you continue going like you are let's pull back and let's look at it it's kind of like taking the guy that right that's on the it's on the hose maze 
and he's, he's got his air pack on for the first time and he's, and he's in conditions where he's never been able to see. Well, some guys freak out over that. Well, if you absolutely take them and pull that layer back and say, look, this is where you're at, man. This is where you're at. Look, you can see the end. Give them that opportunity to gather themselves back up and say, all right, because what happens? Majority of the time, as, as history shows us, they fail. We allow them to fail. It's, that's not our job. Our job is to teach them how to be confident in, in obtaining the basic skills. And everything that we do, it, to me, is just the basics. And right. we do it a different way than other, other people. Yes, we do. We do everything with live fire. We, we push the envelope sometimes. But we're able to push the envelope because we have such a level of talent and knowledgeable and passionate instructors that they, we've never had an injury. We've never had a burn and we've never had anybody quit. And when you take and create that reward at the end of it, you open, you open a, you open a box of courage for these guys and these girls to where they go back and they want to continue pushing forward. And you've given them that, that, that you've made, you took their vulnerability and used it against them. And everybody hates the word manipulation, right? I love the word manipulation. Cause when you put it by, when you put it in, when you say manipulation for a positive outcome, Oh, it sounds, it sounds different then, right? So, but you have to, honestly, we have to be really good at the art of manipulation. And sometimes that causes, we have to manipulate these students at that point in time. And we might have to pull them out. We might have to backdoor them and get them talking about something, their families, their getting to actually really know these people, talk to them where they're from, about their departments in the middle of a damn scenario that would get them back off of that fixation to where they're like this. Right. And then you build them up and take them right back and watch them and watch them finish like rid or die. We always finish with rid or die. That's the, that's the class class of the conference. And it is absolute, it is tough. And we don't, we don't, we, we, we make it real, but we also keep it relevant and people have to stop. People have to stop in the middle of it and go, man, I don't know if I can do this. Absolutely wrong. You can do this and we're going to help you get through it. We'll get right in there and go with, go through yep. this with you. Yep. And that's how, how you make them successful because it's not going to be successful unless you have, you're not going to be able to do three conferences in a year in one year's time and have complete success without having people to take and go back and spread the word for you. Right. And so that's, to me, that's, that's the simplicity of it. And, you know, everything that goes into it, man, there is watching somebody that before they start, from the time it's a 12 hour class and from the time they start to the time they finish and you can see on some of their faces when they start when they're getting run through the denver drill and the pittsburgh drill and they're getting run through down firefighter up downstairs packaging drills majority of them have never seen anything like that a lot of them are new firefighters within a year or two in have still never seen that that is bullshit that is crazy that we're not teaching these kids these guys these women how important it is we cannot be accurate and good at saving others if we cannot save ourselves. Yep. There is a fine line with that. And so that's what we we attack. Search and rescue is everything to me. Protecting lives and saving property, the saving property aspect of it is second to me. And that is that is simply after we've cleared the we've cleared the building, we've cleared the structure, and we say that there's nobody there. And once there's nobody there, that property becomes the main the main focus and priority. But search and rescue is where it starts for me. And we have to be good. We have to be excellent and want to strive at being excellent and being able to come off the rig to be able to realize it's not because somebody says they're not, there's people in there till we say they're not. Sure. 
And that's that mindset that you have to create. And once you create that mindset, you do it with courage when you show them they can, they can do things that they think they can't. I love it. I mean, it, and it goes back to that word of vulnerability. The only way people are going to learn is when they allow themselves to open up and learn and ask those questions and put themselves in positions of being uncomfortable. Um, Webb, talk to me about um, Bears of the Oak number four. So we're pretty excited about this. We, um, we're, we're working on V2 for our classes. You know, we're, we're, we're working on adding, adding some challenges. So we've been able to deliver these classes. You know, I say we collectively, the group has been able to deliver these classes sure, um, sure. for the, the past couple of years. And we've gotten a lot of people interested, but we've also gotten a lot of feedback, man, what's next? We are ready for the next challenge Love that. from a slew of people that have been through our classes. And, you know, Shane and I have been texting back and forth. We we're talking about this before this conference happened. What can we do to challenge ourselves and the students for the next endeavor? You know, we're, 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 we always try to bring in some relevant, um, some relevant names, some, some, some bigger classes um, from other places, people that are the experts, you know, you know, you don't have to be the expert. You just need to know who they are and we're going to reach out. Um, we're, we're, we're uh, working with uh, Andy Starnes coming in. We're going to do some fire behavior, but we're going to, but we're tailoring everything around the same conversations. What's the next thing that we can teach you for RIT? How can we challenge the next set of circumstances that we haven't covered already? How can we work with the next engine and truck delivery to add in some of the weird scenarios that have happened around the nation or that could happen around the nation that are still bare, they're still base skills. Sure. You know? sure. Those kind of things we're really looking forward to. And you know what? Outside of the training, we have the fellowship time. You know, I'm, I, I, I really am, am enjoy the time when we're sitting around eating lunch or barbe- we, we, we're cooking barbecue and having, a, and having a, uh, a writ competition, you know, just to get everybody fired up. We were there till 930 at night, finishing up a writ competition and eating barbecue on the first night of the conference this time around. We're going to do it again. It's going to get bigger and better, and we're going to have more people involved. Love and you know it. what? It was tough. Those guys had their butts handed to them. But guess what? Everybody said they had a blast. The families, we had people out there in lawn chairs. You'd have thought we were watching a softball game in the spring for a bunch of kids. We had people lying around the building watching us, and it was amazing. We had a blast. But you know what? We're doing it again. Good. March marches and marches marches a new delivery. I can't wait for the next the, the, the next the next big group of guys to come in. I hope we get bigger and I hope we get bigger and better and get more get more folks, more conversations, more new faces. Well, you know, the I, excitement, I the excitement you guys show is certainly infectious. And um, you know, I hope through this episode people hear that in your voices and, and they feel it because if this is, you know, a, a Zoom podcast and you're this fired up and excited, I can only imagine what it's like on the training ground. Talk to me. It's March 15th through 18th. 2022 shane where is it is it all scheduled put together yet or more information to follow to follow but it's uh to be able to make it to, to be able for it to be as successful as it is where we hold it at there in jackson county where Webb lives um the facilities are so accommodating from having a having a, a classroom setting in a in in a big in a big atmosphere that can hold update when he told me when i asked the when I asked Mr. Burton the other day, I said, what's the capacity of this place? And he said, uh, 750 to 800 goal. That's a goal. That is a goal. And it, I you know, that. but you gotta be able to have, 
you got to start somewhere, right? So this is the first time we really put the lecture side with Corley and Chief Rhodes and Blake Stinnett and uh, Chief Alberson and Mark alone, all these guys. Um, and we had success with that, but we, we want to, we want to see them be as successful as the hands-on stuff. We are very fortunate with the hands-on stuff because I think it is because we are so aggressive, but Jackson County, the facilities itself, what it allows is it allows us to do any kind of class that we want to, but it also allows our families, our friends, our kids to come ride their Jeeps, their power wheels, whatever, play. For that, for to take it somewhere else and do it, it's got to accommodate those things. And sure. there's there's many places out there that that will that can accommodate it. It's just spreading the good news and getting that out there because we want to keep doing it where we're at, but we also want to take and take it on the road and move it somewhere else. But it's got to be able to accommodate those those same facilities and um, and those same luxuries because the lu a luxury is being able to see your, your own kids out there. Priorities, man. You know, you so, make the conference about the individual and the individual's families, and that's the priority. And that's, it is. Why, that's why you we guys have, are successful. And I, I think it's fantastic. Um, it is. Let's, let's kind of, uh, Webb, I want to come towards you a little bit. We're talking a lot about the Bears, obviously, in the conference. Um, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, and it's a totally changing subject, but I, I'd love to just talk about the Firefighter Cancer Foundation also. Um, that I know you're very involved with. And I think it's a worthwhile message that we should talk about for a few minutes here and educate people about what the Firefighter Cancer Foundation is all about, man. So let's hop into that. So um, a handful of years ago, I got involved with them, um, ran into ran into the group, met them in uh, FDIC, and then uh, took off. Um, hit both feet on the ground and uh, took off on a dead sprint. I haven't stopped since. And um, <laughs> like with everything, but yeah. um, but what the firefighter cancer foundation is about is advocacy education research um we advocate for those who may be fighting a, um, a fire industry illness you know cancer is a an epidemic that i think we understand that it's there but i don't think we're as an industry to a point where we're doing what we actually should whole round to try to make the situation better we're still a little uh, obstinate on some of the ways we do stuff because it's the way we do stuff. Right. Um, right. You know, there's two things, there's two things the fire service doesn't like, you know, change in the way it is, you know, the, uh, between those two things, you know, we have to be able to break through, change a little bit of culture, have the conversations, circle of influence, same conversation we've been having all the time, but um, we've really, really rounded in and, and my specific area that I, I took a passion to and, and they've allowed me to run with it is, um, vetting and seeking out right now solutions that make the health safety and wellness of the firefighters at large better um better ppe better processes better station builds better work with engines um better uh fitness and um and health and wellness uh programs and education research processes you know um i i'm i'm on an i'm on an nfpa committee a lot of a lot of that stuff with the nfpa technical stuff um, gets bad, gets a bad rap, but, um, I represent the end users and I'm there to make sure that the firefighters have a voice. And with that, the cancer foundation has, has allowed a lot of, a lot of awesome things to happen. Um, legal, uh, legal support, legal research, uh, wor uh workers comp education, uh, advocacy through health, um, uh, health, uh, health vetting while you're in the process, you know, 
uh, working with with the unions, working without the unions, you know, yeah, make making sure that you that you can get to the right facilities. You know, it, it's a it's a very complicated situation. There's a lot of things that play into this, but you know, we not to say that we're not working on long term studies. I'm I'm working with the Department of Public Health in Georgia for a um, a data uh, a data analysis study on uh, death rates and incident of cancer in the Georgia Fire Service based off of Georgia Firefighter Registry. Right. And we're trying to we're trying to do that more, working with the National Firefighter Registry uh, through the CDC and IOSH. You know, there's a there's a lot of big over overarching things, but I want to know something that's going to help my guys tomorrow. Well, I want to know something that's going to help them be better for themselves and get back to their families. When I go to work tomorrow, I'm on a shift tomorrow. When I leave my two kids, my son and my daughter and my wife, I need to come back to them so I can look after them. They need to make sure that their their husband and father is still looked after. But we can only do that by the best solutions to be able to protect us. Are we wearing the right gear? Are we using our equipment the right way? Are we are we in our engines the right way? Are we in our trucks the right way? You know, what are, what are we doing as far as our firehouses? Are we taking care of ourselves? All these different situations. You know, are we working with mental health? Are we working with, you know, psychiatric and suicide awareness? Are we working with, um, you know, uh, getting the right physicals, early, uh, early detection uh, practices, all these things. Right. You know, I'll bounce all over the map here, but. So, yeah, but Webb, what, I mean, these are all like grandioso things that the foundation works on, but it's also as simple as helping our brothers and sisters navigate the process, the health process, the, the, all the, uh, all the conversations and education that needs to happen. I mean, you know, somebody, somebody has a, a line of duty cancer, I mean, where, where can they go? What do they do? I mean, it's, you know, you're opening up a, an incredible journey of struggle, frustration, sadness, happiness, highs and lows, ebbs and flows, right? Like, so the foundation of what you guys do, though, too, is truly you're there as an advocacy, as well as an educational piece to help our brothers and sisters. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll liaise all the way through the process. You know, we, right. we, we you know, should there be an issue, get in touch with us through the, uh, you know, uh, ffcancer.org. Um, or get, get us to get us to get through the email or the, the 800 number there um, or, or contact me directly, you know, um, but we'll liaise through the process, start the, start the question and answer sessions so you have an idea of what to expect, what questions to ask, who to, who, who to reach out to, how to reach out, you know, is it going to be an easy process? No medical process is easy. Come on, no. we're, all, we're all in the same boat together with that, but in the fire service, when you talk about long-term illness issues, are they able to go to work? What's the quality of life going to be? What's your family's quality of life going to be? You know, the the from the start to finish, we find out from our primary care physician, or from who or, or however, however we went about that, and then we move through the process all the way into treatment modalities and post-treatment modalities. You right. know, being able to to help at each step, you know, help help helping with funding of uh, getting families to uh, to and from treatments getting the patients to and from treatments, you know, the things like that, that we can help support uh, through the foundation, some of the legal work and, and, and uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to talk about it, but, you know, set, set, setting up what happens later, you know, your wills, your, li your li living, living wills, setting up estates, all of these things that you have to ask some really difficult questions. With and and I love, I love the fact though, that there's an organization out there to help us with that. And then also there's people like yourself that give so much back. I mean, between the bearers and the firefighter cancer uh, foundation, I mean, you are consistently and 
always giving back. And I think that that's super admirable. And I think that the values between the bearers and the, the cancer foundation that you're working for um, probably share a lot of similarities as to the, the core mission of, you know, bettering the fire service um, and everything that goes along with that. So um, Webb, thank you, man. Thanks for doing that. Truly. It's awesome. Um, and we should say if, if they need anything, they can reach out. That's www.ffcancer.org. It's a Correct. tremendous, uh, tremendous resource tool um, for anyone that's dealing with any type of cancer, let alone line of doing cancer, obviously. Um, and Webb, keep up the strong work on that, brother. Fantastic, man. Truly. Awesome. So Shane, let's, um, let's kind of start wrapping this thing, man. I know bearers of the oath, we have a conference in March. We talked about it. I know it's going to be number four for you guys. Um, I'd be remiss not to talk about the, um, the Facebook group that you guys have and, uh, and, and truly how active it is and, and the membership of that Facebook group, um, what they mean to you. And so what's next for the bearers and, uh, and what's on the horizon? Keep spreading the good news, man. That's the uh, the main goal in doing that. And I and I, and I do want to take and uh, there's something I, I would like to uh, take this opportunity to address. Yeah. That bears of the oath is is a, is a collection of people, man. But there's there's some other organizations that matter more to me than that. And that is the Cancer Foundation, Next Rung, um, Blake Stanett, Dina Ali, people like that that really focus in on peer support. And making sure we survive to become better or survive the hard times that is so much more important to me than what we get to do with bears of the oath because there's nothing worse than being down on hard times you got people like blake stanette and dina ali that spend their passion and effort in taking and helping others and giving them an outlet and an avenue to reach out to because that's we suck man we suck as a we suck as a as brotherhood and a society firemanship at taking and making sure we take care and honor our own and the families that come with it. And to me, that is more important than what we do at Bears of the Oath because when we go and we get to have these successful weeks and weekends of training, it has to be addressed. We have, because there's somebody, there's such a, a, a high volume and a high number of students and people that's involved, whether it's instructors, whether it's their family members, whether it's students, somebody's struggling, man. And they need to know that there is, we try to provide that culture to where we can encourage them to take and let us let them know that we're there for them. But man, some people are just not going to reach out and speak out to just anybody. And they got to know people like Blake Stanett, Dina Ali, um, the Cancer Foundation. Um, we've got to do a better job at honoring the people that's fallen, that served before us, that are serving with us, and the families of the ones. Because I'll be honest with you. One of the coolest things coming up was I wanted to I wanted to be able to have a full class A uniform, top hat, shiny shoes and all. And I've come now to where it hangs in my office on the back of the door and I keep my door open. I don't believe in closed doors, but I hate having to put that thing on now because we do. A, we, I put it on so many times in the last few years to go to funerals that. It's great. We do a great job of putting our arm around each other and saying, hey, man, if you need me, call me. I'm here for you. Let me, I love you. But what are we doing really when we leave there? We do a shitty job at following up on that. Even worse, we do a terrible job at making sure those families and those children and those people that are gone are taken care of. And if I had to choose anything, I would choose that over 
having the success of the Bears of the Oath because that is far more important than what we get to. You know, I I 100% agree. However, I don't want you to sell yourself and your mission short, and I'll tell you why. Because you guys are a steward of what groups like that are doing. And you being here today on the podcast, you throwing your conventions, you our conferences, you having your Facebook page, if that's mission-driven and that's important to you, then you become the delivery message and the delivery service for important messages like that. So Bearers of the Oath is absolutely important because you guys are like-minded, a like-minded community that believe in commonality. And the commonality is we need to do a better job taking care of our own. And if you truly believe in that, you're going to be a steward of that and pass that message along. So don't sell yourself short, brother. What The message you guys are sharing and what you're putting out there every single day, your drive, your push on self-awareness, I have to tell you, um, it's refreshing today to chat with you two because the passion that bleeds from you guys is incredible. And, you know, this is that selfish part of what I get to do. I get to talk to incredible people all over the country about how great this fire service is. And I get off this podcast today with you two and I'm floating because you guys make me want to be better. You guys are stewards of what's so good about this fire service that we all love. And so, brother, keep pushing, keep doing what you do. And yeah, you're 100% right, man. We got to do a better job of taking care of our own, but you got to keep talking about that. You keep that mission, you know, mission driven, mission focused, um, and, and we're going to do a better job at it. And uh, I thank you for, for you guys doing that. I truly do. They, uh, I got, if you don't mind, I, no, do it. I've, I've sat here and I've listened and, and we've, we've talked about all the success of the bears of the oath. And a lot of times it was just a, you know, a handful of guys or two or three guys like today, me and Webb get to take and speak for so many people, sure. but it's important for me to take and at least take this opportunity to call these, just read the names of the people that have gotten it to where it is at this moment right here. 100%, to be able to, man. And I, and some of the, all of them have had a hand in it from day one. And I'm, if it's all right with you, I'd like to call those names out because they, they are just without these people, some form of fashion, they've had their hand in it to make it what it is. And I want to recognize them because without them, it wouldn't be what it is. Of course, do it. Um, Lee Humphreys, Drake Meister, Webb Jr., Webb Marshall Jr., Corey Thompson, Corley Moore, Steve Alverson, Scott Sanders, Caleb Harrison, Rick Swells, Jay Hurley, Jason Painter, Richie Painter, Brian Gregory, Justin Fraze, Mitchell Huner, Todd Shepard, Blake Stinnett, Brian Garcia, David Rhodes, Nick Peppard, Jonathan Jordan, Susan Jordan, Brian Altman, Robbie Townsend, Dell Reed, Josh Peak, Adam Stanley, Devin Craig, Matt Wallace, Mark Alone, Sean Duffy, Pablo Jenner, Rob Ramirez, Herbie Tyler, uh, Taylor McLaughlin with Taylor's Tens, Chris Kessinger, Keith Perchy, Todd Edwards, Anthony Rowett, Webb Marshall Sr., um, and I cannot forget Redbird, Daniel Purcell with Redbird Media. All those awesome pitchers wouldn't be without him. And I forgot somebody, and I'm terribly sorry, but the, every one of the majority, almost majority of those people were there this week making that happen. And if they weren't there this week, they've been there before to make it happen. And they're on the internet, they're on constantly promoting and promoting us and sharing the good news. And without the, these people, without you giving us opportunity to take and do this with you today, 
it would not continue being the success that it is. And they deserve the credit. They deserve every bit of this because they simply just trusted me and allowed me to be me. And I can, for them, I'm forever grateful. I love it, man. Well, you know, as well as I do, it takes a village. And, um, you know, that village is steered and guided by people with a belief and a foundation and what you've built is a foundation. And now you need people to build upon that foundation and, uh, and you are doing that. So fellas, congratulations on all the success of the bears and everything else that you're involved with. And, uh, I was so honored to have you guys on today and I just appreciate our new friendship and, and relationship here and uh, look forward to a lot more to come. And, uh, I just want to say, thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Truly. Dude, it's been awesome, man. It's a great conversation. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. You guys are yeah, always welcome. You. And, uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Webb. And, uh, I look forward to March. We're going to hammer out the details, but we're going to make it work. I've never been to Georgia before, so we will, uh, we're going to make the trip and, uh, and we'll figure all that out. But then I look forward to being a part of the equation of spreading the good word, uh, on your behalf. So, uh, look forward to that. So fellas, thanks for joining. Don't skip out. We're going to, we're going to wrap it up and, uh, and so on. But, um, you know, to everybody listening, it's just today is another incredible example of how good and alive and well the American Fire Service is. And uh, fellas, thank you for doing what you do. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And to everybody listening, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.